Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiler season with us. New cart. Welcome to Spoiler Season episode. I don't even know what episode we're on. Large number. This is be, let's see. We did Did double 11. digits. Uh, this must be episode 12. Wow. Are you able to count sequentially? It's one of my many talents. Yeah. Thanks to our sponsors, New England Comics, you can find on Facebook at NEC Coolidge, and Flipside Gaming. You can find it at flipsidegaming.com for all of their support. So, Katie, we have uh, some, some more spoilers to go through. You know, week three, our first ever third week of spoiler season, uh, because they've always done them in two weeks in the past. So, our first spoiler I will take because it is blue, and it draws cards. Uh, <laughs> it is Finale of Revelation. This is Blue Blue X Sorcery. Draw X cards if X is 10 or more. Instead, shuffle your graveyard into your library, draw X cards, untap up to five lands, and you have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. Exile, Finale, Revelation. Um, hmm. Yeah. So it is the spiritual successor to Pull From Tomorrow, but it's sorcery speed, and it has a, a cost. Yeah, like... I, the the thing that is makes me a little sad is i'm like oh man this is so powerful because yeah it's a sorcery but if you're doing it for access 10 you get to untap some lands and like if you have little teferi out then you can flash this in as an instant anyways mm-hmm. but honestly like we had pull from tomorrow in standard for two years and it saw almost no play whatsoever yeah but also um, how are you doing this for access 10 like basically only in a wilderness reclamation deck like you have to have 12 straight mana I have 12 lands all the time and in control yeah but if you get the point where you have 12 lands aren't you like in a pretty good yeah you're gonna win anyways yeah Absolutely. so like this is sort of a win more yeah so i mean you can you can talk about it in wilderness reclamation too but like the same thing goes oh, like wait. it just doesn't matter wilderness reclamation doesn't help because it's a sorcery well you need a little to fury then is what ah, i'm saying a little tough yeah but we had paul which it didn't untap the lands and give you max hands no max hand size but, it, I mean, it was blue, blue, X, draw, X, at instant speed. It was really good. Yeah. Um, and almost no one played it. And uh, I played it. I always played at least one in blue, white control because it was great. Um, great mana sync. But, yeah, I just don't I don't imagine it being very good because it just it doesn't feel useful. We already have Chemistry's Insight, and Chemistry's Insight is so good. Uh, and it's also, like, Chemistry... Control doesn't need more help in the late game. They need help in the early game. Mm-hmm. Uh, chemistry's on turn four is sometimes like a little bit slow. Uh, so Finale Revelation is not going to help in that regard as a three-mana draw one. So, yeah. Next we have Casualties of War. This is Green Green, Black Black 2. Sorcery. Choose one or more. And you can do pretty much anything here. Anything? Win well, the game? Uh, n- no, okay. Oh. Destroy target artifact, destroy target creature, destroy target enchantment, destroy target land, destroy target planeswalker. Wow, that's a lot of destroys. What do you think? Yeah, like just destroy one of everything. Um, well, we can't one of kill... Almost every... Is that every permanent type? Yeah. So you can destroy one of every Because the other types, type. right, are instant sorcery tribal. And that's it. Right. No, that's eight types, because the cheapest you can cast number cool for is five. That would be how I measure my types. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So, yeah. Um, I mean, too expensive for standard six mana. I don't think it's too expensive for standard. You don't? Nope. I think uh, this this card is really good. Um, I mean, it's just, it's so powerful. So, I think that in, like, black-green, you play, like, one or two of these. Probably one. 
Well, you want it. Well, okay. So you always hit the land condition. Mm-hmm. And there are some hand lands worth hitting right now. Yeah, but just in the late game, you know, you get to go like, you know, let's say your opponent goes turn five, and you know, often it's earlier than that. But you go, they go turn five, Vivian. You untap, and if you have six mana or five mana and elf, you get to go kill your Vivian, kill a land, kill your best creature, go. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Well, right. so and yeah, that it's good kind in the mirror. Matchup. In any kind of like grindy against uh, any kind of like grindy mid range matchup, I think the card is really good. Again, you don't want a lot, but like as a as a one of this card is pretty strong, I think to to cast. But like if you're not hitting Planeswalker, if you're just hitting like creature land, like even you know especially if you're playing alongside something like Llanowar Elves or Incubation Druid, being able to cast this on turn five, um, and especially if you're on the play, right, shutting off a land and getting rid of their creature, then it becomes not only a two for one but also a pretty strong tempo play, uh, and you're going to be able to cast a big crisis first and etc. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't I don't imagine it's going to be rampant, but I think that like uh, you could expect to see it lightly played in standard or maybe lightly played in like sideboards of black green decks okay and I you're seeing see more sideboards yeah. you're seeing more modal well it depends on the metagame is right because if it, it becomes mid-range enough and this card's totally in the main oh yeah uh, and yeah. because it gives black green a way to answer like um another way outside of vivian to answer things like wilderness reclamation um but not just mm-hmm. that it's like kill your reclamation kill your land kill your hydra it's yeah so i think in it might see some play and I would definitely play it in limited. That's for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and we're seeing more of this, too. Like, look, modal cards for Arena, best of one. Yay. Oh. Didn't think about that, but yeah. yeah. I think a Braid was kind of the first of its, uh, that model of design. But Well, Braid was great. Braid was... I mean, modal cards are Braid good. Braid was, like, a kind of a little bit maybe too, too good. good. I mean, it just, like, completely shut down artifacts, <laughs> right? Because you get yeah, to play... Yeah, uh, that was kind of good at the time. Because artifacts were... Well, Heart of Heron was really good. Um, but pretty much anything... Like, you couldn't play Panharmonicon. You couldn't play Paradox Engine. You couldn't play, like, any of the fancy Kaladesh combo decks because there was Vibrade. Mm, which I think sure. was too bad. I don't think those decks would have been great. Yeah, yeah. All right, next we have Storm the Citadel. Green, four, sorcery. Until end of turn, creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and gain... Whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker, destroy target artifact or enchantment. Defending player controls. I mean, it's a pump. Yeah, mostly it's a five mana plus two plus two to to all your creatures. I mean, in limited, uh, like I don't know, there could be a couple. You need to go be. I think you need to be going pretty wide to want this. But like, would you just play it as a pump? I mean, yeah, I would just play it because it, we give plus two plus two. Aren't there cheaper good like white cards that give plus two plus two? Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is an uncommon in green, which That's true. is reasonable. I I don't think it's very good, but yeah. like I might play one if I'm going wide enough. I'm trying to know. think if there's like problematic artifacts or enchantments in limited. I don't expect there'll be a lot of like exile removal. What about that blue blue vehicle? The one that whenever it, it's a 2-3. Oh, whenever two. it deals damage to yeah. draw a card. Talk about OP. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you remember that card? I do remember that and card. And we talked about how terrible it was. Yeah, it's that's really why I was, I was being sarcastic. Like, oh, yeah, sure, it's so OP. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Next, we have Bio Essence Hydra. This is blue-green 3 
for a 4-4 Hydra Mutant with Trample. When uh, it says, Bio Essence Hydra enters the battlefield with a plus plus one counter on it for each loyalty counter on Planeswalkers you control. Whenever one or more loyalty counters are put on Planeswalkers you control, put that many plus plus one counters on Bio Essence Hydra. So to summarize this, it says, if you are winning the game, win the game by more. And then, as you continue to win the game, keep winning the game by more. That's what it says for standard. For limited, it's a little different because you're going to have all these uncommon walkers and like you, maybe it's a 5-mana 6-6 six, six, or 7-7 seven, seven with Trample. Uh, being able to play like a 3-mana, because the, the Planeswalkers have such high loyalty, right? So you can, knowing you're going to play this, you just play a 3-drop, don't activate it, pass, and then like you play Bios and Hydra, it comes in as a 9-9 Trample or something. Like that seems pretty strong. That does seem pretty strong. But I don't imagine in, in standard that's going to be something you want. Uh, the cool thing is this is really synergized as well with Proliferate, right? Because you proliferate Whoa. the counters on the walkers, so each of those give Hydra another counter, and then also proliferate adds a high counter to Hydra by itself. So I, I think in limited the card is quite good, uh, but in standard it's just pretty much unplayable. Yeah. Very much a win more card. Yes. Next, guess who's joining the gate watch? Me? Why would Emercool. You... Okay, I shouldn't have asked. It's Kaya! Hooray! Yay! Yeah. Oh, I like that. I'm glad. I like Kaya. I, I like Kaya I, a lot. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. It's Oath of Kaya, folks. And the best thing is she's holding up her hand to make the oath, but it's invisible yeah. and ghosty. So even so though tricky. we can see the like what she's doing with her hand, like she could be like like making fingers a, crossed. Yeah, or like making funny, like making a llama face or something. <laughs> with her hand? Well, I, I mean, we can see the outline of her hand. Yeah, but like if she's actually making the oath with the other people around, like she can just do anything because her hand's invisible. She's like, I pledge. And she just makes her llama fingers talk. I pledge. I like that you think the thing she would do watch. is like make a llama face. I don't know. It would be funny. Like imagine she's making a llama face and she says her oath. So everyone gets what they truly deserve. I will keep watch. You know? And then like it's her. It's too bad our viewers can't, uh, our ear viewers can't see her hand. Making llama Making faces. llama face talking. Yeah. yeah. But that's, so, I just sort of like that. It's definitely yeah. canon. It's what happened. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. You're a head canon. <laughs> her oath is black, white, one. Legendary enchantment. <clears throat> when Oath of Kaya enters the battlefield, it deals three damage to any target and you gain three life. Whenever an opponent attacks a planeswalker you control with one or more creatures, Oath of Kaya deals two damage to that player and, two, and you gain two life. So it's got two drain effects. One is just ETB, um, but the damage can go to any target. It doesn't have to go to the opponent. And the second is whenever Planeswalker is taking damage, so is your opponent. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I really like the first ability. Yeah. Um, I think that's quite good. The second one I found, like, really weird because I was like, I just sort of expected if you're, like, doing something when creatures attack a Planeswalker that it would hurt the creatures, like that it would be sure. a protective ability for the planeswalkers. So I found it weird that it was like, when creatures attack a planeswalker, hurt their controller. I'm yeah. Like, what? It just, if it seems great as an anti-aggro card, uh, like I could mm. imagine playing, I don't, it's tight because, so I like this draws comparisons in my mind to Moment of Craving, and Moment of Craving kills a Dunto Vanguard is two mana so it's better against mono blue with their tempo spell pierces and that trash um and you know so i don't know but i think oath of kai is better against mono red because it kills everything in their deck 
And then when you stick a walker, you're in a pretty good spot, I think. So is is sticking a walker normally by itself not always it's enough? Sometimes it's not. Um, because you know, like the kind of play pattern where you where maybe you're forced you play to fury and you're forced to take down on something, and you can just kill it the next turn, right? But now, oh well, in order to kill it, you gain another two life, and that's pretty sweet. Um, so I don't know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I imagine that, uh, but just like the first part's also quite good, just the ETB and the yeah. abilities of subside. So it's just a matter of like. Where does the metagame shapes up to be, and is it better than Moment of Craving or not? Yeah. I mean, the second clause is interesting because, like, in aggro decks, if you can afford to ignore Planeswalker and attack the face, like, you're doing that. So this sort of encourages them to, like, eh, can I race your Planeswalker, or do I really need to get it off the board? Yeah. But the, like you are saying, like, the red deck actually can be a little mid-rangey. You can play a longer game. And, and white, too, can grow a little. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah. But you're right. I, like, white typically does not attack. Red, I think, attacks Planeswalkers more than white. But red also has the reach, so sometimes they can just burn it a Yeah, I was going to say, they might not have to attack it yeah. to kill it. Um, yeah. Next card is Finale of Eternity. This is Black Black X, Sorcery. Destroy up to three target creatures with toughness X or less. If X is ten or more, return all creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. This, I think, is a bit of a trap. Uh, I think that you'd very often rather just be playing a sweeper. Um, if you're casting this for normal amounts, Kai's Wrath, Ritual of Soot, any of those kinds of things are probably going to be better. And th- th- if you're not casting it for normal things, then you're saying, okay, well, what I want to try to do is break it, right, where you go into the self-mill archetype, um, but you also need to ramp, yeah. right? So now you're ramping and self-milling to bring back everything, if you're doing that, I feel like you. I don't know. I don't. I'm not really sure what you what you want to be doing. You want to be playing something like uh, World Shaper, so that when it dies, you, you mill yourself, get all your lands, ramp up to this, and then immediately get everything back. I don't know. I, I'm kind of skeptical that this card is good. And in limited. Yeah, in limited, it's awesome. It's really awesome in limited. I mean, what a great mana sink, right? Oh, yeah. And even just not as a, for five mana, you get to probably just kill three of their creatures, probably their whole board. It's a one-sided sweeper in limited, which is incredible. Um, but in standard, eh, eh. Yeah, I guess like the only place I could think of this in standard is maybe you want to play it in like a black mid-range deck where you have a lot of creatures and you can't play sweepers because it would kill your stuff. So then you're like, all right, well, maybe we play this to, like, just wipe my opponent's board. Mm. Um, but also, you know, this could give uh, renewed interest to uh, Cabal Stronghold in mono black decks. Remember Cabal Stronghold? Uh-oh. It's like two or three mana, you activate it, and you add black equals the number of swamps you control. Okay, yeah. So that's another way to kind of cheat Oh, cheat the mana up in black, right. specifically. So it becomes then one-sided board wipe and bring back your graveyard. But... You know, but you, you needed need so many lands still. for that to grow, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Not my favorite finale, but... Oh, I do like the flavor text, though. What is it? When you rule by fear, your greatest weakness is those who are no longer afraid. Is They're one like, who's no longer afraid. Yeah, whatever. And <laughs> Lily is like, she's standing up to bullets. She is not scared. She fights for what's right. Wow. Yeah. No contract on that skin. Uh, I don't think... Her arms still look a little... Bernie. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this is... Yeah, I don't know. We're not going to spoil any story, story stuff, I don't think, here. So, 
Next card is a Callous Dismissal. Um, or are we gonna? Are we not doing leaks? Uh, I, I, okay. You want to move past leaks? Then I think we should. I think these ones are just commons and uncommons and stuff. Okay. So Callous Dismissal, which is blue one sorcery, uh, return target and land permanent to its owner's hand in a mass one. What do you think? Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you don't, you don't think? Would you be happy to play this limited? No. Why not? I don't think I always get these cards that just return a permanent. But this I doesn't. Mean, this makes a one one. Yeah, yeah. I don't. So like the. I think the thing. I hate bounce cards unless. I mean, I know that they're in some decks. You want them because, like, tempo, but. Generally, I hate things that are card disadvantage, and balance is, by definition, card disadvantage, um, unless you're using it to save your own creature from a removal spell. But I think that cards like Exclusion Mage, right, three mana, two, two, balance a creature to its owner's hand, that was always very playable. And this is two mana, one, one, ETB, bounce something to its owner's hand, right? And this also bounces non-land permanents, including Planeswalkers. So it gains viability because you can bounce your own uncommon Planeswalkers to your hand and then reset them. Right, you get two oh, activations, nice... you play them, and then you activate them again. Yeah. So I actually like Calisus Missile. I think it's really good. I think it gets better with the number of planeswalkers you have. Um, and by itself, it's not terrible. It's not great, but uh, certainly not terrible. And if you're playing planeswalkers, like I'm, I'm much higher on it. I think it could actually be quite good. Cool. Next, we have Aven Eternal. This is blue two for a two two, <laughs> zombie bird warrior. Roar. Love it. Uh, flying. When Aven Eternal enters the battlefield, amass one. Yeah, this yeah. is Windrake with upside. Windrake is usually playable, and I'm sure Aiden Eternal is also uh, playable. And it comes with a one one yeah. or a counter, so sweet. Totally. This and these are like when we were saying that you want sort of a critical mass of a mass mm. <laughs> cards. Like these are those cards. Yeah, they're, they're commons and they're good on their own too. Totally. That's the trick, right? Is you want to just build. You want to have enough that you can just like keep amassing and like not playing cards that you don't feel awful about our next card is wall of runes blue for a zero four wall with defender when it enters the battlefield scry one so you definitely want to play this with Hotly if you can oh mana four four mm. uh by itself pretty awful i mean it feels like the typical roll of walls it's pretty awful generally but if you are like a control deck then you will play it because you want to stall that's what i was gonna say i think yeah. it's actually quite good in that role because uh, you know, in addition to like blocking very well and being quite cheap, it scries and you're a control deck and you're looking for specific pieces or to hit your land drops every turn so you can get to the late game where yeah. you start to take control. So I, I would play this in one, like a slow limited. It does deck. die to uh, Kai is minus one. Yes. Stand in standard we're talking about. Uh huh. So I don't I don't know if it's playable unfortunately in standard. She's just too she's too everywhere. Oppressive. She's yeah, everywhere. Totally oppressive. It's like twenty dollars. Warping now. the format. Unbelievable. Duskmantle Operative, black one for a 2-2 human rogue. Human. Another tool for modern humans. <laughs> Duskmantle Operative can't be blocked by creatures with power four or greater. Oh, is this Skulk? Uh, mm. I don't remember. It's very similar. Yeah, it's close. I forget what I forget. I wonder if that keyword was confusing skulk. to people. Well, I think they just didn't have enough design space. Because uh, it, it just always did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just not super interesting. So... Uh, yeah, this card seems 
fine. I mean, it's a like it's a bear, and you'll play a bear if you have to. Um, and sometimes bears are quite good. Uh, yeah. And this one is nice because if you kind of deal with the early game, then in the late game, uh, this just gets through. It's unblockable, and it allows you to hit planeswalkers as well. Mm-hmm. So Very nice, nice evasion there. But it seems like you're looking for uh, three power creatures then to be the ones to block and kill this, or yeah, yeah. two threes or something like that. Next we have Trusted Pegasus. This is white two for a two two flying. Uh, whenever Trusted Pegasus attacks, target attacking creature without flying gains flying until end of turn. Oh, this is the Pegasus Courser. Of yeah, the set. I mean, these are always good. But they went back and they put it at common again. Because uh, they moved it up to uncommon this effect, right? And yeah. I felt like that was better. But like this, these are like these cards these are just beatings. win games. When you go the t- like turn two, I don't know if we've seen one of this set yet. But the turn two, three one in white, they always print, and then you the play one, the turn what? Oh, oh, you're saying oh the cat yeah. like you know, there's always a three one in white right. for two mana, and then you play trusted Pegasus for three, and then from there it's just, the game just snowballs. Yeah, uh, you're dealing five a turn in the air, and it's brutal. Yeah, this the card is, is better really than good. the other the courser because, well, better and worse. Like it's the a little courser harder. was a one three. Yeah. So it was a little harder to kill, right? But this hits a little harder by itself, so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, These cards are just really. But you good. know, I, I keep coming back. We're seeing a lot of flyers, and I keep coming back to what you were saying, where when fly, everyone has flying, right? Nobody does. It's no longer a form of evasion. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah. Maybe so not. you're trying to hit the planeswalkers with it, but everyone yeah. else is in the air too. Yeah. Next is Charity Extractor. Mm, this feels is like that a charity if you extract feels it. Feels like a Orzhov card. This is Black 3 for a 1-5 human knight with a lifelink. War or no war, your donations are due, as always. Absolutely an Orzhov card. Your donations are due. Not even close. Charity Extractor. This is amazing. I love the Orzhov. They're the great. The flavor of this card is amazing. One five for four mana with lifelink. This is bizarre. I like it a lot. Yeah, not, yeah. It's like a great blocker. That that's all it is. Yeah, but it's a really good blocker. That's Gaining true, life that's is true. awesome, and then you can start yeah. attacking with it, right? You could put some pants on it if you have some enchantments or something, some auras. Oh right, that's what pants and, uh, are. And yeah, and get game. in lifelink. I like lifelink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it. It just makes it awkward. Like if your opponent is aggressive and they're like kind of wide with a bunch of little things right oh yeah. it makes it really awkward for them to attack because so this won't walk. die and it gains you life so it mitigates the effect of the creatures that do get through yeah next we have thunder drake blue three two three flying so much flying elemental drake this is that common too uh whenever you cast your second spell each turn put a plus one plus one counter so it's pretty good yeah i don't like it does look like they're setting up a sort of spells archetype. Blue red spells, yeah. Not. They talked about it in one of the articles today. Went through each of the two color archetypes. Okay. And blue red is like blue red amass spells. Well, we'll see if they have enough spells. Yeah. I mean, I would play this anyway. I think like totally. four mana, two three flyers, fine. Um, with the potential to grow. You yeah. Know, it just gains up. And value. if you have a lot of instants, you can even grow it at instant speed, which is sweet. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Next is Prismite. This is two mana for a 2-1 Golem. You can pay two to add one mana of any color. It's an artifact golem. Yes, artifact, it is. Yeah. It's an artifact creature golem. So this is oh. one of the this is a common way to fix your mana. Of course it doesn't feel good because you're going, going down, down mana. But I think it's great uh, for that like t- high curve splash, right? 
You want to splash that expensive bomb, and Prismite will fix it for you. And it, you know, people are probably not going to kill it because it's, it's a two-one. It's terrible, but uh, it does fix your mana later in the game. So you you might play it if uh, if you're looking for more ways to do stuff and you're not in green, um, but you probably are not excited about it. Charmed Stray is next. Another odd design, but fun. Yeah. I like it. White for a one-one cat with lifelink. When Charmed Stray enters the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on each other creature you control named Charmed Stray. So, this to me feels like the uh, goblin gathering of the set. Right? Where you go turn one, Stray. Turn two, Stray. Turn three, Stray, Stray. Like, that gets out of hand real fast. Well, the difference was one pack rat just wins the whole game oh i might not be thinking pack rats yeah pack rat was insane Hmm. black one discard a card make a copy is that you're thinking of no i thought there was a like you can pay any number of these rats and they like pump each other oh yeah 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 Yeah, that's not pack rat that's something else but yeah yeah um yeah something like that the cool thing is this is one mana and it has lifelink so you could totally go like all in on this which would be funny. How many would you need to go up? Because I would not normally play a one mana one one lifelinker. But would you play a one mana ten ten lifelinker? Right. Well, I would play a one mana one one lifelinker that I thought had a pretty good chance of getting a counter on it, especially if I had proliferate. I think what you do is I think you play probably around fourteen lands, and then you play twenty six charmed strays. That would be what I would do in limited. Okay, right. It is common, but yeah. finding 26 of the same card is still going to be a tall order. Fine. 25, 15 lands. That's my final <laughs> offer. <laughs> All right. What is next? We have our Arboreal Grazer. This is green for a 0-3 beast with reach. When Arboreal or Arboreal Grazer enters the battlefield, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tap. Yeah. Play in green. Block those flyers. Well, yeah, it does more than that, though. Like, you get to actually ramp. ramp Yeah, and early. I mean, you have to have the lands, but... Yeah, it's a really nice... It's like a nice tempo card. If you don't have the lands, obviously, it's terrible. It's pretty bad in the late game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad they gave it reach so it can still be relevant later with all the flyers. Yeah. Uh, it protects stuff relatively well. Protect. Uh, but it does not attack. It does not attack. It only protect. True, true. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm, I think it's a pretty reasonable card. I'm happy to... Probably play one. One, yeah. I, maybe none. Maybe it's just not good enough. <laughs> I mean, I think it depends what you have. Yeah. But it, I think it can make the cut. You're not stoked. Yeah, it depends what you're trying to do. Yeah. Early Planeswalker seems like it would be pretty sweet. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Next is Elite Guard Mage. This card I'm totally playing. This is White Blue 2 for a 2-3 human wizard with flying. When it enters the battlefield, you gain three life and draw a card. This is a mini uh, cloud blazer. Oh. This is great. It's really good. It's I love this card. There's so much upside. I would play a deck with pretty much nothing but these. These are great. Uncommon. I mean, replaces itself, flying, so it's actually a reasonable threat, a reasonable rate. You gain three life, nice little buffer. It's just, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah. I'm a big fan of this card. Wow. Yeah. Looks good. Good, good, good. Next, we have Return to Nature, completely different from Back to Nature. That's right. This return How is... dare you even utter the words, Back to Nature. What a... 
What a mistake. It was, uh, the, sorry, this is, return is, green one, instant. Choose one, destroy target artifact, destroy target enchantment, exile target card from a graveyard. The flavor text here is, yes, nature is stronger. You don't see little buildings sprouting on trees, Amara. Great, great, great. It's key insight, yeah. So this is pretty much a strictly better naturalize, which only lets you destroy an artifact or enchantment. So this gives you the option to also exile a card from a graveyard. Uh, so, Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anything, right? This is like... <laughs> Risk factor. It hits all the jumpstart cards. It hits... Uh, you can do it... Kill their frenzy. Well, well, yeah, it also does that. It kills enchantments. But you can, you know, hit jumpstart cards. You can respond to find out, uh, find and exile something there. Oh, when they choose the card, yep. then they don't get it because you exile yep. it? But wow. this is, like, really can't be... Oh, this card is just so good because of the flexibility like it hits it does all the things that you would want a sideboard card to to do yeah um, it should almost never be dead when you bring it in yeah and, and it's, it's, cheap. it's just highly efficient uh naturalize has seen play in sideboards a lot and return to nature it's just gonna you know continue that trend and be even better next we have guild globe two mana artifact when it enters the battlefield draw a card you can pay two tap it sacrifice guild globe add two mana of different colors so this is pretty similar to terrarian uh, it's another ni another nice little egg uh now in standard if someone built an artifact deck with like um tezzeret the buy box promo tezzeret mm -hmm. and you have like sigh or Skelly or anything like that or you're trying to get affinity and stuff then i imagine you would play this card um Gilded globe but I, I i don't i don't really know where else you'd play it unlimited yeah, and limited, what is it good for? For that one of splash. So this is not where you're like, mm, I'm quote unquote splashing, but half your deck is that color. No, no, no. This is like. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. Because people do that. You're like, oh, but like, oh, these cards are all pretty good. And then you're like, okay, but now you're solidly in four colors. and That's okay. Oh, it depends on the meta. I like Guild Globe. I think you can play a couple of these. Play like two or three if you're a slower deck. Yeah. And then it's just like. For like, if you're playing, like, one or two splash cards. Because it only helps you once with colors. Yeah, but that's fine. Yeah. But that just means you can't have, like, seven splash cards. This is not going to help you get them all. Well, but with a bunch of lands of different colors and other ways to fix, Guild Globe is part of a healthy diet of splashing your, your colors. Mm. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm sure I'll play Guild Globe in Standard. And if you have a way in to... Standard? I mean, in Limited. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In Limited. Oh, yeah. If I would 100% way... play it in Limited. If you have a way to do anything silly where you get to blink it or you get to bounce it and play it again, then I'm a big fa big fan. It reminds me of uh, Kuldotha Boros and Popper. You get to just loop those artifacts over and over and over again. Draw a lot of cards. Draw your deck. Big fan. Big fan. Next we have Prison Realm. Oh, poor Bolas. Hey, he's been an evil genius dude for a while. So. Like 25,000 years, yeah. Yeah, so you know, it's about time. Yeah. White 2. Enchantment. When Prison Realm... Enters the battlefield, exile target creature, planeswalker, <laughs> and opponent controls until prison realm leaves the battlefield. When prison realm enters the battlefield, scry one. It's your O-ring for the set. With a scry. Yep. Um, Orthopter arrest. Yeah, it, it's worse than O-ring because it doesn't hit enchantments, artifacts, uh, uh, but it gives you a scry and it hits creatures and planeswalkers, which are the two most common targets anyways. 
uh, you can't prison other prisons as well. So, like, sometimes you'd go, like, uh, binding, and someone would binding your binding or cast at your cast at, right? And you got these weird chains of enchantments exiling each other. Prison Realm can't do that. So, you know, it seems like a, re a decent design and uh, could see some play in Standard uh, if you have more, like, white, you know, things like Conclave Tribunal, right? So you're kind of a white mid-range deck. Maybe you're not going so wide that you can convoke out the Tribunal uh, regularly enough, so you're probably playing this instead. Hmm. And in Limited, the card's obviously great. Just oh, yeah. because it's super cheap for kill anything Good that matters. Yeah. yeah. And Scry on top is just icing on the cake. Gravy. Gravy. Next we have Tyrant's Scorn. Black, blue, instant. Choose one. Destroy target creature with converted mana cost three or less. Or return target creature to its owner's hand. What do you think? Well, it's funny because I was like, Psh, the first mode is better. Destroy a creature. But you're only destroying little creatures, so they may yeah. not be as impactful. Yeah. Uh, the second mode is a tempo play, or you can recast creatures with I think it's important, important to remember ETVs. that I think like... And it does get rid of mask tokens. Yep. Uh, I think this card can see play in eternal formats like Legacy. What? Uh, oh, yeah. The first mode's great. Both modes. It kills every creature in Legacy. Oh. Gurmag Angler, you get to just bounce it, which counts as killing it, right? Because they, can't, they can't fill the graveyard right yet. Yeah. Wow. So, That's cool. Tyrant Storm and Legacy seems like it might be playable. I don't play Legacy, so I don't know for sure, but like it does kill everything. And then in Modern, I think... It's possible, but like you probably have better options. The deck, a deck I could see playing this would be like pure blue black, right? Because if you're Grixis, you have access to Terminate, which you probably uh. is better. Um, if you are Esper, you have Path and Push. But if you're just straight blue black, you don't really have. You have to play like Cast Down, and that feels bad. It sounds like you just shouldn't be playing straight blue black. Is there a straight blue black deck? In not, modern? not really. But like. This is actually a reasonable piece for it. Like, it kills a lot of creatures in Modern, and it also gives you the ability to bounce your Snapcaster Mage to your hand, um, which is, is pretty sweet. And it's cheap. It's priced to, to move. So it could be playable there. Um, in Standard, it feels like it competes with Cast Down, right? Where really, and, and I like the card a lot in Standard because it's one of these, again, like, you can kind of tune your deck for what you're expecting. We don't just get two mana, kill something, right? We get, like, okay, well... Am I going to play against a lot of legends? If so, I should probably run Scorn, or should I be running Cast Down, or should I be running uh, Walk the Plank? You know, what do I need to oh, play? Oh, still in standard. Yeah, still in standard. That's so, not, that is no play. Maybe a better ever. one is Moment of Craving, right? Okay. There's a time when people were running Moment of Craving the main board of Esper because there were so many white decks and red decks around, ah. blue decks. So, uh, yeah, I think Tyrant Scorn is a great card. And in, in Limited, certainly I'm, I'm always very happy to play this card. I think it's really good in Limited as well. Next, we have Dread Malkin. Dread Malkin. Mm. What, what does that mean? Oh, it's a zombie cat. It looks, yeah, it looks like a zombie cat. Oh, and, and creature type is zombie cat. So, black for a 1 1. Has menace. Yeah, real effective. Sorry. You can pay black 3. Sacrifice another creature or black planeswalker. Two. Yep, black 2. For a total of 3. Sack another creature or planeswalker. Put 2 plus 1 plus 1 counters on yeah. the Dread Malkin. Ooh, this is like that neck. Necrolisk? A little bit. Read the, the flavor text. The feline eternal felt Liliana's command, looked at her disdainfully, flicked its paw, paw. 
and scampered away across the rooftop. All right, so Liliana can't control all the zombies. No, this cat has attitude. This cat is a cat. Cats don't listen. No. So what were you saying about this is like kind of like Necrolisk? Yeah, well, that was it was like a menace creature, and you could what was it? When it only gained died? menace when you sacked the creature. Oh, I just sort of assumed it always had menace because mm. I always felt like it had menace. Sure. But that one started out much larger, but it was more below curve. I think Dread Malkin is actually kind of a key linchpin in Limited of an archetype. I think that, like, there is an archetype, I think it's red-black, and they were talking about a little bit of this in the article today, of a mass sacrifice where you keep amassing and then sacrificing the tokens to oh, stuff. Oh, to get the value. Yeah, yeah, because this card is insane. Once, one, is this a rare or an uncommon? No, it's uncommon. Okay. One sacrifice makes it a 3-3 three, three menace, and two, it's a 5-5 five, five menace. Oh, two plus one plus one counters. Two counters. Yeah, that grows fast. It just, I think it's it's pretty strong, and I think it's really going to be a, quite annoying to play against, because early, they're not going to be able to block it, and then as you go late, you get to just sack everything to this. Um, I Yeah, I think I think the card's pretty good. Pretty strong card. That's cool. I like yeah. it a lot. Next, we have Gideon's Sacrifice. This is white instant choose a creature or planeswalker you control all damage that would be dealt this turn to you and permanence you control is dealt to the chosen permanent instead so if you haven't heard the story yet this is where you see it yeah poor kids to liliana's surprise the cost of betraying bolus did not fall on her gideon no poor kids poor kids yeah but the card is decent um I mean, you know, in, like, limited, it's a card. I don't don't really love it, honestly. Like, it's so cheap that, like, maybe it's fine. But it feels kind of like a foggish effect. Um, I guess it can, like, it can be a big blowout in combat. If you have a really big combat step where, like, you're going to be trading off a bunch of stuff, right? Then you can just basically lose one of your creatures instead of all of them. And your opponent loses a bunch of their board, but you have to really set that up nicely. Yeah. So could be. Uh, I, I'd have to. This is a card I think I'd have to play with before I was comfortable saying it'd be really good or or not or any good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next is heartfelt redemption. This is red, white, two instant. Discard all the cards in your hand. Draw the same amount of cards discarded this way plus one. Then gain equal life equal to the number of cards in your hand. And this depicts Gideon, uh, presumably in the Theros afterlife somehow, with uh, his irregulars. Flavor text, Kithian knew war every day of his life. Now, finally, he knew peace. Uh, Poor kids. Uh, he's at peace now. He's with his buds. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> he's good. He's yeah. good, man. <laughs> so, uh... Would you play it in limited? What 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 is like the base case? What is the expected case for this in a red white deck? That's what's weird. The weird thing is that it's like red white, and it, it makes sense. Like the design makes sense, but like yeah. in terms of an archetype, like this just isn't really something red white wants to do. Um, you won't have. You'll have maybe. I don't, I don't know how many cards you're gonna have in hand when you cast this. Because it uh, honestly, it feels like. So it doesn't discard as a cost, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but it feels like you want to. Have a bunch of cards and like use this in like a reanimator. Like, let's just dump my hand into the yard and like 
go up a card, which is cool. Um, in limited, I think this card is decent. I'd probably play one because in the late game, it lets you just cycle everything that's bad, like hold all your lands and then just yeah. cycle them into new cards. Uh, but it, it is it is kind of an odd card. Yeah, because like on turn four, a red-white deck is not taking a turn off to like draw one more card than it already has. No. And gain it, a little it life. It feels like maybe it's more for like commander because people often complain oh. about like Voros card advantage is a problem. Okay. Because I was like, and then in the late game, you've played out all your threats. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you're right. You can hold on to lands and replace them and get something, like, one more card. Yeah. But it's, like, it's kind of a funky, funky, funky fresh. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, and it's not really card advantage, right? It's, like, neutral, card neutral. Right, because it replaces itself. itself. So, yeah, like, at worst, in the late game, this is four mana cantrip, whatever. <laughs> and gain one life. Yeah, and gain a life. So I don't know. I, I I'd probably play one in limited if I'm if I have kind of a grindier red white deck, but I don't yeah. I don't know that I could see it being played in standard. But it's one of those weird cards where like there's always a chance. There's always a chance. I don't know. Well, like if someone finds a way to like take advantage of like exactly. the graveyard or the discard, like if there yeah. were madness or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, four mana to activate madness is a mm-hmm. lot, but yeah. It's maybe a, a niche player, but I don't yeah. see a place for it's it. Like imagine, like you have a giant hand, and then you discard it, and you draw your whole deck, right? And then you win with Jace. These are things that Blue wants to do. Yeah, this is like the wrong. Yeah, just guy, just guy. Okay, just guy. Just yeah, saying, yeah. just saying. Yeah. Uh, so next up we have Sarkon's Catharsis. This is red four instant. Deal five damage to target player or planeswalker. Sweet, play it unlimited. You think so? Oh, player planeswalker. This is just like I replaced that with creature for some reason. Yeah, because it would be way better if you could kill creatures. Yeah, Uh, I think it's better than lava axe. I think I probably do play in limited because of planeswalkers. Because there's so many, like it'll hit something. But it's a little awkward just because a lot of the planeswalkers are cheaper, and maybe this is gonna eat one that just has is sitting around with a static, which isn't terrible. But like they've gotten their value out of it. Right. Um, But I do admit. I like it just for Lava Axe mode, going like, hey, take five. You can definitely win games in Limited where you hit a critical mass of Lava Axe, yeah. and then you just go Axe, 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 you're dead. We saw that this summer in someone uh, playing M19 draft. Yeah. Like, their opponent just had, like, two or three Lava Axe. They thought they were, like, stabilized, and then they're like, Lava Axe? Top deck. <laughs> lava Axe? And they were like, what the heck? Yeah. So... Can I just comment, too, on the art? I really like that Sarkhan turned his hands into dragon heads. Wow. And they're breathing fire. Wow. Yeah, Sarkhan's not crazy anymore. Flavor text. You once brought havoc to my home and ruined my mind. I'm here to return the favor bullets. Aww. He used to be Sarkhan the Mad. Now, Sarkhan the Masterless. So. Now he's just uh, Sarkhan the uh, Dragon Hands. That's right. Sarkhan <laughs> Dragon Hands. I love it. That's, that's what they should call him. Incredible. Well, in his uh, Planeswalker card, he has real hands. True, so. true. Yeah. Not as cool. Next is Narset's Reversal. I like that Narset got a rare uh, signature spell, but she's an uncommon. That's good. Narset deserves better. <laughs> she's uh, It's blue-blue, instant. Copy target instant or sorcery spell, then return it to its owner's hand. You may choose new targets for the copy. This is... Yeah, these are so interesting. They have, like, they're really... Like, you'd think the design space for magic was shrinking, but, like, they keep finding, like, different ways to use it. Yeah, I love this. 
this card's super cool. It's like a remand, but different, right? It returns it to its hand. It doesn't right. counter it. Doesn't so like, counter it. So if it's uncounterable, that's it fine. It still is fine. It just bounces yep. it to its hand. doesn't resolve. Uh, and to me, you know, the, the, what's the best thing you can do with remand? The best thing you can do with remand is in a counter war, you cast, let's say you cast cryptic, and your opponent casts cryptic targeting your cryptic. What do you do with your remand? Remand your own cryptic. Exactly. You remand your cryptic. It counters their cryptic and it draws you a card. It's insane, right? That is the correct mode on remand. So Narcissus Reversal in a counter war can bounce your own counter spell to its hand and then copy it and counter something else if you want to, uh, which is sweet. Um, it can also, you can counter like, you know, counter Thought Seize or Thought Erasure and Thought Erasure yeah. them and then take the Thought Erasure that they were just cast, right? <laughs> There's a lot of just really neat things you can do with this. It is very narrow and it has to be like, it's not just like, oh, you can always just, it's always going to have utility. So you'll have to find the right place to use it. But I do think it's, it's really cool. Like, is this the kind of thing I can only imagine as a sideboard card? Like maybe I, I wonder whether like mono blue, could mono blue play this in the main where it's like another blue, blue counter trigger removal spell, then kill an opponent's creature. That's true. That's true. Cause even like, and for them, red decks, white decks, black green, like everyone's going to have some number of instances. Removal, yeah. Maybe not a lot, right? But the removal is maybe worth countering. And, and sure, you don't answer it permanently, but you do kill an opponent's creature and you gain tempo. And that's all that deck cares about. Yeah. It's just tempo. So okay. it's a really cool card. And I, I imagine that it probably could see playing standard in the in the right shell. So we'll see. Then we have Narset herself. Narset Parter of Veils. This is blue, blue one. For five loyalty, Legendary Planeswalker Narset. Each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn is her static. And you can minus two to look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a non-creature, non-land card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So it's a shimmer of possibility, but for non-creature, non-lands. And then the static is pretty good. Pretty good. Against... Uh... Control Mirror. Yes. I just, I'm really curious what control mirrors are going to look like. You have this, you have Tefiri, Mini Tefiri. You, you just have a lot of interesting, like, cheap ways to interact with your opponent and restrict what they can do. You can't cast instance. You can't draw but more than one card. But I can cast instant speed. My right. sorcery is, yeah, you can't draw more than one card each turn, but I get to dig for th And it's like, what happens, like, when all of these players have these out <laughs> and it just ends up being this really pathetic, like... <laughs> No one can do anything. It, and it's going to end up feeling like a prison. Control mirrors, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see how those are going to play out. Uh, yeah. Because I love, Some as you know, pieces love control mirrors. Have been added. But yeah, they're going to get weird. We haven't had this kind of thing in control mirrors before. Yeah. Just the really cheap ability to like shut off part of your opponent's deck. Because you never want to counter a chemist's insight. But going like Narset, it's incredible. Now they have to contempt your Narset? That feels really bad. Yeah. Right? Like, Narset seems very, very strong. And the same kind of thing for Tefiri. Like, all of a sudden, okay, Tefiri, now you can't cast Chemistry's Insight on my turn. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're doing it on your turn? Oh, you have to contempt my Tefiri? It just means that, like, we really need to have ways to interact with Planeswalkers. And there's actually coming, black, coming up. Black, black. Well, that, that one we looked at before, yep. that's going to be, I think, really valuable sure. for control decks. Like, you just named two planeswalkers you really, really want to kill. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to like a quick clarity question for me. So like, let's say that I you... love Narset. I look at, I love her art design, her design too. Look at those gold shoulder oh, yeah. pads. And her great. hands look like they're like in a different world. Ooh, that's cool. It's super cool. Um, yeah, but so let's say you wouldn't, but you were playing this against like a green black deck and they tick up Vivian. Yeah, that is a good question. Does that, is that drawing a card? No, it is it's not drawing a card. A you card are putting in. a card into your hand. Yeah. So that's why like card. if your opponent has a Narset, they can activate their Narset to quote draw cards still. Uh, okay. Yeah. But Tefiri, it shuts off big Tefiri. Right, right. Because that does say draw a card. Right. And then, and this would shut off like Krasis because that is draw cards. That's a good point too. Shuts off Krasis, yeah. Narset just, oh man. I didn't need an excuse to play Narset. Like, honestly, I was going to play her no matter what she did. She could have just had, like, no text and I'd play her. But just out this of love one for looks. The last Narset. I just love Narset. Yeah. yeah. This one looks really good. I'm excited to, to get playing. The more I talk about it, the more I think of uses for it, and the more I think it's going to be a, a player. Good thing it's uncommon. You'll be able to pick her That's up. That's right. That's right. Next, we have Finale of Glory. This is White, White X, Sorcery. Create X 2-2 white soldier creature tokens with vigilance. If X is 10 or more, also create X 4-4 white angel creature tokens with vigilance <laughs> and flying. Uh, yeah. So, because 10-2-2s wasn't already enough. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'm not sure where this fits. March of the Multitudes is usually better because it's an instant. Mm. And if you're going super wide, it doesn't really matter what the power is. Like, you're probably going to have a Tristani anyways. Um, so, I, I don't know. For, like, a tap-out like a white black tap out control deck right that was the role that secure the waste played right was there was a white black oh, yeah. tap out control deck in standard but you could and secure end of turn. you could secure at the end of their turn sure but, but it didn't really it doesn't really matter that mm. much like the the thing is is the reason secure is instant speed is relevant is because of board wipes but like presumably you'll set it up such that like you can duress them enough right and like take away their sweepers and then just cast this to win and even if they sweep it's a one for one whatever mm. uh, i realistically i don't really think this will see play i think it's just worse than other cards that do the same thing and the uh, fact that it's not an instant really is a, a strong downside great and limited though great and limited i have a hard time imagining how your opponent wins if you cast this in limited uh for a reasonable x next we have gideon you know before he died oh and Blackblade was shattered and... yeah yeah so this is gideon Blackblade. uh white white one Comes in with four loyalty. Static is as long it as it's... two statics. Oh. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, as long as it's your turn, Gideon Blackblade is a 4-4 human soldier creature with indestructible and still a planeswalker. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to Gideon Blackblade during your turn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. plus one, up to one other target creature you control gains the... Your choice of Vigilance, Lifelink, or Indestructible until end of turn. Minus six, Exile Target, Non-Land Permanent. The second static is kind of funky to me. Why well, this are you is, preventing damage here's the when thing. it's already they kind of indestructible? Cheat. They cheat. They they made it so that, like... this this it, uh, Every time you played Gideon in the past, mm-hmm. the zero was... As long as, as until end of turn, Gideon becomes a creature with Indestructible, prevent all damage that would be dealt to it until end of turn yeah. right so it's like it's kind of because mm, like they're saying oh well, we'll put both of those into two separate statics instead of one but uh, is, is that not redundant indestructible and damage yeah uh 
I guess like oh well like if it's not a creature it prevents damage right if you're well no it has to be a creature during your turn wait wait so but let's say I want to take loyalty counters off this and I shock it you shock your Gideon no, no I'm your opponent okay you have Gideon I have shock okay on my turn I shock it it loses two loyalty yeah but on your turn if I shock it does not. Oh, you know, that's probably actually, that might be why they did it. Because it's really, it could lead to a lot of rules questions. Where, like, if you have an indestructible creature that's also a planeswalker, if I shock it, does it even lose counters? That could probably come up a lot. Yeah, so prevent all damage. That makes sense. That makes so that's sense. what it is, right? That's the... Like, I can't shock it on your turn. Yeah. Or I can, it just won't do anything. Yeah. So. Weird. Yeah, it's a little weird, but. Yeah, that's that's weird. Okay. Anyway, because now it's always a creature, right? So it does even it even triggers like ETBs, whenever a creature enters oh. the battlefield, right? Because that is a creature the moment <laughs> it comes down. Um. So no, no. It. Oh yeah, because it's yep. your turn. That's funny. Yeah. Very cool. But I think Gideon. This might be. This is definitely like one of the best Gideons we've had, which is fitting for the you know the last Gideon we're gonna get, um, where. We don't have to activate it to make it into a creature. It's just, it's just always, always a, creature, a creature, which is great. Which just means you can like always swing on your yeah, hand. and then you get to do something else with it, right? You can do whatever you want. The and the abilities are both quite good. I think the plus one is fine, and the minus six, you get to exile planeswalkers. You can exile anything you want, but primarily this is a three mana four four indestructible creature, uh, which is just really powerful. Yeah. So, uh, I imagine that this will see. Plenty of play in standard, and you could probably even put it into modern decks. Uh, like, I don't know that it... Gideon Tribal? Yep, like Gideon Tribal would, would totally be happy to play this card. Um, and I don't know... Like, Blue-White Control has flirted with different Gideons in the past. It's played uh, Gideon of the Trials in the main. It's like a one-of. It's played Gideon uh, Ally of Zendikar in the board. It's like a one-of. Gideon Jura used to be the main board planeswalker when before we had Teferi and Jace. Uh, so I don't know if you want Gideon Blackblade just because it gets pathed. So it feels like oh gross. Yeah, it just doesn't feel good. Whereas the old Gideons you could just never activate. Right. So here the creatureness is actually kind of a downside. Mm -hmm. um, interesting. It you know it is a human. So mm -hmm. Thalia's lieutenant. It triggers lieutenant. It triggers champion of the parish. Lieutenant puts counters on it. Um, you could play it in... So it enters as a creature. Yep, but you you wouldn't be able to cast it off Cavern or Seeker Rat or anything. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm mostly just memeing. I don't, yeah. I don't really think it's playable. I know, I know, this. but it's... Yeah. But, yeah, really strong card. I'd expect to see it in standard. Good last hurrah for Gideon. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, poor kids. <laughs> poor kids. Yeah. Next we have Finale of Devastation. It's a green, green X sorcery. Search a library and or graveyard. Four, a creature card with converted mana cost X or less. Put it onto the battlefield. If you search a library this way, shuffle it. If X is 10 or more, creatures you control get plus X plus X and haste until end of turn. Yeah. So this has drawn a lot of comparisons to Green Sun Zenith, which is... A banned card in modern it's green hmm. x for pretty much the same thing hmm. uh 
the one more mana does make a pretty substantial difference. You can't pay two and get a Llanowar or Elf or an Elvish Mystic now. You have to pay three for that, and that's not generally worth it. Okay. However, you can get Devoted Druid, uh, and like now you have many ways to get it, because it already runs Cord. So do you want Finale of Devastation in addition to Cord or not? One strength of this over Cord is like, the ability to get it out of your graveyard is certainly not irrelevant. Right. Um, like sometimes... Uh, I don't know if they kill all of them. Maybe that's is irrelevant. I don't know, but um, yeah. In standard, it feels like you really want to use this to like win the game on the spot, right? You generate a bunch of mana. You go and fetch up the seven mana pig, right? And then you go like boom, all my I win the game. You're saying boar god? Boar god? No, no, not boar god. Uh. And raise forerunners. Yeah. Yeah. You get the forerunners, they come in, everything gets a pump, and then this pumps it further. Does forerunners give trample? I think it does, right? Yeah, I think and so. raise forerunners? I think it's a trample and the pump. I think it does. I'll check because I'm, I'm curious. But you can get but... the pig. Oh, no, you'd have to have end raise in hand, and then you can dash that out. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be disgusting. Be you great. get pig <laughs> off of finale, and then you cheat in this ugh. yeah for uh end raise does give trample which is the important part because you definitely want to be able to trample whatever you're doing so are there enough pieces to build like a ramp deck where like you run this and pick yeah i mean the cool thing raise. is like those style of decks right like the elves decks mm. elves decks just run mana dorks and you make a bunch of mana and then you have the payoff and you win that's it it's like a combo deck so the it's like okay but well can like we do that to kill all the elves yeah so the question is like right now yeah you have cry but the only that runs cry is esper it runs it as a two of okay um so it's can you do this thing fast enough where you're like making a bunch of mana with marwin and elvish clan caller maybe you can pump them out of range of some stuff we don't have good ways to cheat into more mana like we used to have explosive vegetation yeah i mean you still have uh we have one of those effects Okay. I just can't think of what it's called. But I'm we have to think of non-creature based effects because I'm worried mm-hmm. about flimsy Llanowar elves dying. Yeah, you I mean you could even play if you want. You could play like yeah, but like you need you need creatures for this card to be good. You need creatures because it pumps oh, everything, right? right? It pumps so your creatures. you want to be a go wide deck that generates a bunch of mana, does this on turn like five, and then wins the game. Oh, and you could pay like ten and give everything plus ten plus ten, but then still get like your seven or eight drop. But still pumps. Yeah. Uh, but the other problem, uh, it doesn't untap them, though. So then if you're using your elves to do uh, this, they can't even attack. Yeah. Yeah, that's just kind of awkward. I mean, I'm sure, like, in standard, it, I, it's reasonable for it to see play, like, a tutor for any creature, and then just putting them on the battlefield is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you're paying two extra, but, again, it's that flexibility, right? That card represents whatever creature you need at the time in your deck, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so I think you could play it as a mid-range piece, but you could also play it as a combo piece. Um, for standard. And for modern... Would have been great in Nykthos. Nykthos, oh my gosh. Yeah, it would have... I mean, you already had Genesis Wave. Star yeah. Genesis Hydra, which is pretty similar. Yeah. But, yeah, quite strong. Um, so, but then in modern, it's mostly just a question of, like, does it see play in addition to Court of Calling? Because I don't think it replaces Court of Calling. Court of Calling is an insane magic card. So garden. good. Yeah. Next, we have Command the Dread Horde. This is Black Black 4. Sorcery, choose any number of target creature and or planeswalker cards in graveyards. 
Command. The Dread Horde deals damage to you equal to the total converted mana cost of those cards. Put them onto the battlefield under your control. Wow. Mass I, reanimation. Yeah, th- this card is so cool. Like, just the name of it, I'm like, I want to command the Dread Horde. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, I'm as I'm as freaking awesome as Liliana. Like, yeah. Are you? Can you take the pain? I don't. Well, yeah. I, like, and flavorfully, I think this is like spot on. Like, yeah, she can control all these zombies, but like, it's not nothing. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. So cool. Yeah, this is a sweet card. It's a. It really feels like a. Again, a card in like a very niche combo deck where you want to fill up your entire graveyard and then somehow like protect yourself from the effect <laughs> of it, right? Maybe you play it with Gideon's Sacrifice and you go command the Dread Horde, bring back every creature in every graveyard, cast Gideon's Sacrifice, redirect it to one of your creatures, and then, I mean, I don't know how you would lose. <laughs> That's incredible. That's spicy. So I think it's a pretty sweet really sweet card you definitely play in limited oh yeah right? in limited it's awesome totally totally awesome and in limited. standard it's, it's just a, so cool it's cool it's like a fun combo we play i i don't i don't yeah i don't think it gets it no really gets, but it's uh, like it's sweet what yeah. a cool design see the the funny thing is like and this happens every set right there's always these cards which the power level of the cards is really high and it's binary either the card will see zero play or it will become a staple of a deck. It'll be like a two to four of in one deck and a, the center pin of that and the deck gets named after it, right? It's like, I'm playing green, black, dread horde. And there you go, right? So, I don't know. I, this, I think, is one of those cards. I think it's much closer on being, no, this card is unplayable. Oh, yeah. But still, I'm yeah. sure people will try to make it work and it will be fun. Next we have Ugin's Conjurant. This is... <laughs> Oh, Ugin. X for a spirit monk. It's a zero zero. Uh, Ugin's Conjurant enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. If damage would be dealt to Ugin's Conjurant while it has a plus one plus one counter on it, how can it not? <laughs> prevent that damage and remove that many plus one plus one counters from Ugin's Conjurant. Too bad it's not an Eldrazi. Oh well. It's kind of like and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, because it's on curve. I was going to say it's kind of like everything has infect towards it because it's just like, it just shrinks whenever it takes yeah. damage. But the cool thing is proliferate with oh, it is really good. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. that's true. And it's colorless. You can play it in any deck. Yeah, it is really awkward, though. Like, this does combat once, and then you're like, it's so oh, bad. it's so small. This is so bad. But it's, I mean, you play it because if you have nine mana... You have a 9-9 nine 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 nine. for, like, a turn. Yep. And then you swing. It eats some stuff or trades. Mm-hmm. It, if it eats some stuff, next time it trades or dies. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't die to Blast Zone. CMC of zero. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. There mm-hmm. you go. Yep, yep. Uh, so. This is a really interesting card. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's fine. Like, you would play it at, if it was an, you know, endless one, right? I would play that. And this is. But you can't quite think of it as an on-curve creature. Yeah, it's just it just gets worse fast. But I think I, I probably play it still. Yeah. And I'm more likely to if I have a lot of proliferate. But oh yeah, yeah, you know. that's a good point for sure. Hmm. Okay, next another planeswalker answer over here. Uh, we you have... can't do Ugin Spirit and then not do Ugin. We did Ugin another time. Oh yeah, we did. 
Yeah. All right. Well, you guys already know Ugin, so <laughs> he's cool. His art's pretty. Ugin the Ineffable. Yeah, nice card. Next, we have Price of Betrayal. This is black sorcery. Remove up to five counters from target artifact, creature, planeswalker, or opponent. Finally, Katie, we have the answer to energy that we deserve. No more will teamer energy or four color energy rock standard. Finally, we can defeat it. Nope. This is such an interesting, like, planeswalker answer. Remove counters. Like, it's not dealing damage. It's not, like, This kills destroy. almost every planeswalker in limited. Oh, yeah. Especially well, the uncommon ones that only minus. Tick down. Yeah. And the plus ones really have a lot of loyalty. I mean, it but... kills it kills most planeswalkers in standard, too. Yeah. Like, if you catch them right away, it kills Teferi after a tick-up. It kills mm -hmm. Bolas after a tick-up. It kills almost everything after a tick-up. Well, not Vraska and Vivian, but sure. Almost everything after tick-up, I said. It obviously misses some stuff. but it, We're just talking. Yeah. Teferi is, I think, killing Teferi, I think, is very important in this oh, yeah. standard. Yeah. Um... It's too bad that you can't remove counters from, like, multiple things. Yeah. That would be really nice flexibility. But it is just a single black mana, so... Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, so, in Limited, you probably play this at least as, like, one of one copy to kill a Planeswalker. Um, and I think in Standard, I think this is a sideboard card, probably for, like, Esper Control. Where you're like, all right... Time to bring in my Narsets and my Ashioks and my uh, Teferi, little Teferis, and I'll bring in Price of Betrayal to kill my opponent's Teferis and Narsets. So, in, in like Sultai, would you bring this in against Esper for their Teferis? Well, but like, again, no, no, because I think you need a, in standard, I really want a critical mass of stuff to, to kill because this has to be, this has to be guaranteed to hit. And if I, or like the price of missing is so high that you can't afford not to run this. If you're on Sultai, Esper is going to just keep their Teferis. I don't think Esper is bringing a Narset or uh, Teferi against you. So if you're in Black, Green, or Sultai, you don't play this card. You don't bring it. Because you just already have Contempt. You have, you have answers for Teferi, and like they have four Teferis. And like your plan isn't even really as Green Black, I think. Your plan, honestly, is to go disrupt them on turn two. Or have an and go into Thief of Sanity, or have an aggro start, or land a Planeswalker really early. Like your your plan isn't really to interact with their board. <laughs> um, so I think that this is specifically sideboard for Esper Control in Standard. If the Esper Control deck becomes really popular and you can ex anticipate playing Mirrors, because it is super narrow. This is like only for Esper, right? So I I don't know. Cool. Yeah. And uh, if the trailer made you emotional, the, the War of the Spark trailer, then this flavor text is uh -huh. for you. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. The moment Liliana defied Nicol Bolas, her contract was broken and her life was forfeit. But she was free to choose her fate and she decided it was worth the price. Yeah. Oh, are you okay, Katie? Are you okay? feels, man. This is what a moment for Liliana. What a freaking star of the set. Well, I think, and I know we're not to the end yet, but like War of the Spark is just one of, I think, the best sets they've ever designed, one like of the in modern magic. Stories they've told. I mean, told. The, the, like, the cards are great, the flavor text, the story they're doing is really good. Like, yeah. everything has really come together, I think, very, very well. It's also one of the highest power level sets oh, yeah. that we've seen in <laughs> recent history. Um, I. 
I think War of the Spark is going to be a really exciting set to play with in Limited and in Standard as well. And yeah. it, it feels like right now, and, and, and you know, this could very possibly just disappear once people really start grinding at it. But in past spoiler seasons, it, it's felt like we can go through and pick out the, you know, this 10 cards that are going to see play in Standard and what archetypes are going to come out of that. But here with the Planeswalkers, it honestly just feels like I don't know where to begin. It feels like you can do almost anything. Uh, it's going to be a brewer's paradise for the mm. beginning, even more so than usual after Splitter season. So yeah. it should be a really exciting time to be playing standard, I think. Yeah. And it, very cool. other formats too. Like I think some of these things are pretty playable in modern. Uh, so it should be should be fun to see what makes it. Yeah. Exciting year for Magic. And, like, for Spoiler Season 2 in particular, like, I really like that they've been telling the story with all the cards and, like, the way they've released them in the order. Like, seeing the the God Eternals arrive yeah. and then each of their cards, having, like, the, the ship with the angels and then having all the angels come. Yeah. You know, seeing Gideon's story and, like, Narsa and Sorin and all those cards of them fighting. Nahiri, and yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Nahiri and Sorin. Like, they've done such a good job. Like, as someone who read some of the story and then gets most of their story from other people. I really appreciate that I have gotten a lot of the story just yeah. by reading the cards and the flavor text. Totally. And you know, they also did a good job of like they it's a really serious, really sad set, but they've done a really good job too of like putting in some really funny cards and mm -hmm. funny flavor text without making it feel like it didn't fit with the story and the set. Um, which I think is you know, I think magic has struggled to find the right balance between humor and um like gravitas. gravitas yeah and i think that this set has done a really good job with that Drama, um, yeah. and they delivered so many cards that players wanted in terms of legends right fibble flip being the one that comes oh, to mind ill harg oh. uh massacre girl like so many cards they, yeah, they really like they hit a home run i think with this set i think this set is going to be really really big for them it's, see it feels like the uh culmination of so many like years. the capstone of this year they've had with like standard being good again mm -hmm. not everyone i don't love it myself but it's infinitely better than everything we had in the last five years right yeah. so standard is reasonable arena comes out oh, the trailer hit. is a huge hit this set seems like it's gonna be awesome like it feels like they we've we've come to a really really good point in magic right now so it, i think it's a really exciting time to be playing the game yeah hundo p yeah so that's it for today we have you know another day or two of spoilers and uh that's it. So thanks for joining us. Thanks to our sponsors for their support, Flipside Gaming, you can find online at flipsidegaming.com, and New England Comics, you can find on Facebook at NEC Coolidge. I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. And this is... Spoiler, Spoiler Season. Season.